Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Alan Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? I'm doing great. Looking forward to breaking down week number 14. Yeah, and the week has barely started, but already Baker Mayfield is now Los Angeles Rams. I must say I knew the Rams were a possibility. I really didn't see them taking a shot at them. But real quick before we get into the picks, what's your take of the Rams picking up Baker? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really can't lose on the signing. There's nothing that they could lose. They could only gain. Uh, I mean, the season's pretty much complete right at three and nine. And as a matter of fact, it didn't even really affect the line at all. So the difference between him and whatever they had on the bench uh, really didn't make much of a difference. The Raiders are still a six-point favorite on the road. No, I see it's a good upside because I know there was whispers I read, I believe, that Matt Stafford might be contemplating retirement. All indication is he's out for the season. I actually think that it would be in Stafford's best interest to go out and retire. He won his Super Bowl. The Rams are not going to be any better next year. They're well going to be over the cap. They're not going to have a lot of free agent moves to, to do. They're also, like we've talked about many times, they barely have any draft picks. Can you see Stafford retiring, Robert? Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, uh, there's just so much that a body could take in terms of, right. of a battering from week to week. I mean, he's been playing this game his, pretty much his entire life. I, I would think that it's, look, I'm never going to fault anyone for saying, hey, you know, I won my championship. I think it's uh, it's been a great career. Let me move on to something new. So, um, yeah, I could definitely see him retiring at the end of the season. Yeah, we'll talk more about the Rams later in the episode, but I want to start out, and this has nothing to do with my bias, but the the biggest game, I believe, of the weekend is the Eagles and the Giants. Obviously, the Eagles 11-1, the Giants after a tie. They've also lost several straight before that. They're struggling. This would be a huge win if they could pull out the upset. But before we get into that, Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here? Yeah, true. really would be a massive upset. The Eagles open seven. That's still where I'm at with a total set to 44. Yeah, a lot of people that I've been talking to you said they think that the spread is way too low, that the Eagles are going to blow them out. But again, I must emphasize this is still a division rivalry game. And even more than the Cowboys, the Giants hate the Eagles even more. So I, I've i seen from years past, I think last year I remember the Giants did beat the Eagles and the Eagles were a playoff team, might have been the year before. But they're still going to play up to their level. They're getting healthier week by week. I know last week was a really tough tie. It felt like a loss. But I at least think that the Giants can keep the game close. We saw the Commanders just shock the Eagles on Monday night a few weeks ago. I'm not going to call for an upset. I actually don't believe we're going to win this game, but I think we could somehow remain in the seven points. What do you think, Robert? Or do you think that this is just going to be a complete blowout? No, actually, I I don't think it gets the double digits. I I do think the numbers set right. Uh, I mean, I've got Philly as number four right now, only behind Dallas, Kansas City and Buffalo, Uh, New York. You know, they're they're towards the bottom third, if not the bottom quarter. It's, it's, you know, I know they've got home field and to me, you know, playing at, playing at home for New York probably adds up to, I don't know, maybe one in this instance, especially since Philly's just literally down the block. Um, So I think the numbers set right. Um, To be honest, I think it might, might crack to seven and a half. Uh, But I, I don't think that there's, 
I don't think that we're going to see a double digit blowout uh, by by the Eagles here. I, I think they win and no cover here for me. Yeah, I, I think that if anything to the Giants, you see a backdoor cover similar to the Dallas game on Thanksgiving. Right. I just think that the Giants will play play up to their level. I don't think that they're just going to sleep on this game. It's not like it's a short week when they played in Dallas. And don't forget, they were disseminated going up against Dallas. They had no one on that offensive line. They had no one on defense. They're healthier than they were in that game a few weeks ago. I truly believe, yes, it's a huge mismatch. I can't even begin to describe the mismatch that is in this game. But stranger things have happened in Giants versus Eagles games. I do think we're just going to stay within the seven points, probably more more in the case of a backdoor cover. But I'm setting my expectations pretty even. I don't think we're going to win, but I at least want us to be competitive. I think that's fair to say, right, Robert? Oh, it is, absolutely. I mean, heck, if whatever news you can take and gleam out of it, obviously it the numbers already baked into the injury report, but uh, obviously Robert Quinn, who was the linebacker that the Eagles brought in, uh, you know, to make an impact, he's out. He's on the IR now with a knee injury, and so he's going to be missing for the Eagles. Uh, we'll just see if uh, you know the Giants are going to be able to you know sustain some some semblance of a running attack and you know be able to you know slam into that area where Robert Quinn was supposed to be and pick up some yards, eat up some clock, and uh, like hey. Uh, that's kind of how the Giants MO is really. I mean, right. if you, you can run the ball successfully, you have your chance at a win. And, you know, that's exactly what they've been doing all year. Let's see and, if they can do it here. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say, especially stemming from the criticism this week, I don't think Brian, the ball is going to play this game conservatively at all. If he's, if it's a fourth and three, he's going to go for it this week. I'm pretty oh, sure. Yeah. Yes, he will. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the other, well, I should say other two New York teams, and that's the Jets and the Bills, a rematch from a few weeks ago when the Bills were shocked by the Jets. The Jets were a double-digit underdog. They not only covered, but they came out and won. It was probably Zach Wilson's best game of probably he could maybe say his career. I don't know when the next time he's going to start start yet. But what are we looking at here, Robert? So I opened up Buffalo as a 10-point favorite. Um, and Jets fans and, and handicappers alike, you know, ate up all of that, brought it all the way straight down to nine. Uh, but I, I guess that that seems to be the floor, uh, Ali. So it went back up 10 uh, and a little bit of a bite back. So it, it looks like it's somewhere between nine and 10, exactly where I'm at right now. The total, It's actually nine and a half of the total 44. And in my both my pick 'em leagues, our spreads lock last night, and we got the nine and a half. And that's the key. The nine and a half is a big difference than the ten. The nine and a half is making me lean toward Buffalo. I know that the Jets have been a little bit more resurgent. Mike White had that huge game against the Bears, but he did come back to earth against the Vikings last week. Now you got to go up against the Bills, who their defense is still up, I believe, a top five defense in the league. I don't think he's going to have a great game. I think he's going to struggle again. I think the Bills, they're going to they they know the Jets are for real. This is not like a few weeks ago when they kind of looked past the Jets and you could and they weren't even at full strength in that game. There was a lot of injuries. Josh Allen wasn't 100 percent. He's 100 percent now. I think they totally blow out the Jets. I think this is at least a two score win. I'm calling a big, a big win for the Bills. How about you, Robert? Yeah, so I like I said, I have got Buffalo as the number one team in the NFL right now, and they've got the highest rating by far. Uh, Jets, uh, similar to the Giants, they're in their bottom 
uh, bottom third of the league and, and the way the number plays itself out, it's close. I, I, I think there's a good chance that the, that the game does get a little bit out of hand. Um, you know, the only thing that I was really concerned about was uh, how much of an impact uh, Von Miller is right. going to have his absence is going to be on Buffalo for the rest of the season. Um, I, I honestly think that Buffalo at home gets the win here. Um, and, you know, actually with, with the way the game is going to play itself out, I think they'll take lessons learned from the last time they played the Jets, obviously, you know, with a different quarterback now, but uh, a, a win is uh, absolutely to me. I, I know it's going to be a win. I just don't know if it's going to be a cover only because if that number gets back up to 10, eh, I might want to, you know, scratch a double digit underdog uh, as a, as a purchase on the, on the New York jets, but at nine and a half, I think that number's sitting quite snugly, uh, but a win. Yes, Allie. All right, let's move on to the later games of the day. And the first one I want to cover is the dolphins and the chargers dolphins coming up a big loss to the 49ers. I feel like it brought a lot of dolphins fans back to earth. They're no longer in first place They're competing for a wild card position. Chargers are at six and six. I believe they're doing everything they can to get into the wild card round. What are we looking at for the odds here, Robert? Allie, easily the most bet game of the entire wow, week. Interesting. By far, by far. And it's funny, it's, uh, NFL obviously flexed it down to the 520 uh, Pacific start on Sunday night, but it's been moving from two to three and all points in between uh, before we finally had a breakthrough on three. Uh, now it's three and minus 120. The total now is 52. So this is a game where let's just break down each team. We know both teams can score at will, primarily the Dolphins. And we know both teams' defense are terrible. They're, they're, they're not good at all. I like the home team here. I like the Chargers. I like getting points with the Chargers at home. I know that the Dolphins might be a better team on paper. But I actually, Robert, I don't think there's a – big difference between either of these teams we just laid it out that both defenses really just can't stop so this is whatever the over is on this game take it because I, I love both these I love this shootout I think it's going to live up to the hype I don't think it's going to be a game where everyone expects a shootout and then it's not I really think that the points are just going to fly and in that case I'm going to side with the home team how about you I actually will go the other way this right. is one where the numbers set at three uh, and, you know, obviously the, the the push is, you know, trying to make it to get to three and a half. I think this probably should be more like four, four and a half. Uh, and I would, that's why I was one of the first to go to that three minus 120, because uh, I actually think that they do cover here, Ali. Uh, this, this one seems more like a five, six point win for me. I'm just really not confident at all in, in the Chargers. It's just an, an unfortunate snake bit team. Uh, nothing really to see here from uh, Miami's perspective. Uh, you know, the injury to uh, Tago Vailoa is, you know, nothing to be concerned about. His ankle is going to be perfectly fine and he'll have all the mobility he needs, you know, to play in L.A. Uh, Sunday night. So I've got a feeling that, uh, you know, the cover is is definitely in order here for Miami. We'll see in this one. I know this is the first one we're disagreeing on. Let me ask you this, Robert. What what are the most bets coming in? Are more people siding with the Dolphins or the Chargers? So the latest, greatest, right now, if we peer down, 
I have more tickets on the Chargers, but more money on the Dolphins. Uh, obviously, more money on the Dolphins when they were two and a half. Uh, and, and that's where it made me sit to three and, and, and then obviously a little bit of the money. Uh, the totals equal. Um, 52 is you know, equal parts up and down. So nothing really to see there. But obviously, you know, if the number is not three, uh, you know, pushing it to three was definitely in, in better's favor. So that's why we're off that number onto the three now, Allie. Yeah, I would say my better play is the over on this one. I really think that both teams are just going to score at will. I think it's going to come to a shootout. But I love getting the points with the home underdog here. This is Miami's West Coast trip. We saw them not play great against the, the Niners last week. I know the Niners defense and the Chargers defense are on way two different, way opposite ends of the spectrum. But I like the Chargers here. I really like the The Chargers, I always say, are the most inconsistent team I've ever seen play in the NFL. If yep. they lose one week, they're going to win last week. They lost to the Raiders last week, a team they had no business losing to. I liked the Raiders last week. I, I picked the Raiders to win and cover last week, so I hit that one. But now this week, they're coming off a loss. I got to go with the win with the Chargers right here. That's just been my strategy with the Chargers my entire life. <laughs> Can't fault you there. All right, let's move on to an interesting game of the week, and that is the Bucks and the 49ers. Obviously, the Niners, Brock Purdy is starting. Jimmy Garoppolo is most likely out for the year. I know there's been whispers he could maybe come back for a playoff game. We'll see. I don't know what kind of shape he would be in or even if the Niners will get there at that point. Bucks coming off a big, big win on Monday night. Tom Brady was his old self in the fourth quarter, came back down two touchdowns to win. Robert, what are we looking at here? So I opened up the Niners for uh, basically right as the Bucks Sunday night game was actually the Monday night game was beginning against the Saints. Uh, big comeback for Tom Brady, you know, win the game after only scoring three points and then waiting until the 57th minute to come back and win. So it got bounced straight back down to three. Um, that was too low. <laughs> And so it went up back to four before settling at three and a half. So Niners, three and a half, the total very low, uh, 37. This is a, a strategy I picked up years, years ago from someone that, that bets a lot. And they always said, don't overreact when a good team is starting their backup quarterback. I know that Brock Purdy necessarily isn't the backup quarterback. It would have been Jimmy Garoppolo, but he took over for Trey Lance. Now Brock Purdy is the 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 backup, but I'm going to ride that strategy here. I still think the Niners defense is the best defense in the league. The Bucs have struggled to score the entire season. They struggled Monday night against a Saints team that's just not good. Yes, they got two touchdowns at the end of the game. You could question re really whether the Saints were just gas and gave that up. I don't think that it's going to be even close on this game. I think the Niners open up big. I think they run the ball a lot behind Christian McCaffrey. They're going to use Debo Samuel a lot running. I think the Niners open it up pretty big. I think by halftime, they're, they're, they have a comfortable lead. And I actually think, Robert, this is an easy cover. I think this is one of my best bets of the week. What about you? Allie, <laughs> you may want to isolate this part of our podcast. All right. <laughs> On the seventh day of December, 2022. I can't be further away 
in terms of an opinion on this game. Well, the last time we we <laughs> deferred on the Niners as big, it was when the Niners were one point favorites on Monday night against the Rams, and you went with the Rams, and I went with the, the Niners, and that worked out in my favor. So let's hear let's hear your take. Right. So the 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 precipitous drop of Garoppolo down to Purdy is so huge. It's almost a double-digit point differential from those two quarterbacks. And so, as strange as this sounds, I have the Niners dropped uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I, I just, I, I know what we saw in in you know the the opening bells of of Purdy's pro career as a Niner. You know, looked you know very efficient and 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 ran well, uh, but Ali. I, I really don't think that we're we've seen exactly how much Purdy could get exposed here. Uh, I think Tampa should be the favorite in this game, actually. Um, and I think that Tampa not only covers, I think they win this game outright. Well, I know you you get a lot of bets from the Bay Area, obviously, where Baldini's is. What are people betting? Are they betting the Niners or are they betting the Bucks? No, no, it's actually uh very, very heavily in in the Niners' favor right now. Uh, I'll I'll probably expect to see uh, more come in on Tampa as the number starts to fold itself from three and a half to four. Uh, honestly, if if there was a direction that it would go, I, I actually think it probably would lean probably closer towards Tampa's as we get closer to game time, only because of the hook on the point spread, but I think that we really, I, I don't look, I, I never look at what happened the week before to influence any kind of, you know, future result, you know, or at the very least, you know, setting a line on a game, but definitely when, when you, when you lose a quarterback and you have to analyze exactly, you know, what kind of a drop it's going to be from one to another, this one is as, as big a drop as I I'll see all year long. Well, we also have to remember the Bucs aren't the Bucs of last year. They're still a team that lost to Jacoby Brissett and the Browns. They have had some other bad losses this year. Don't forget, they're also playing on a short week. They just played Monday night. They had a, They have to travel all the way. I believe it, it, the San Francisco Niners are home, correct, Robert? Yes. Yes, they have to travel all the way to the West Coast. I just think that this is a, the perfect opportunity for Purdy to start. I mean, the best situation would have been against the Texans. But I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to trust the Niners. I know we're both on opposite ends here. But we'll we'll agree to bet a bottle, bottle of wine when we meet each other on this game. Yes. How about that, Robert? Mark it down. All right. Let's go to the final game I want to highlight, and that's the Vikings and the Lions. I know when the, when the line came out, a lot of people were a little shocked on this one. I wasn't. And, in fact, I jumped all over the Lions. But before I go any further, Robert, what's the spread here? I know a lot of people are really scratching their head over how a 10 and two team opens up as pick on the road to a team that's five and seven, but let's throw out records completely. Detroit opened up pick and that simply wasn't enough, moved it to one. And finally we're at two and a half uh, and the total set to 52 and a half alley. I love the Lions right here. This is actually even more than San Francisco. This is the fav my favorite pick of the week. I've been on the Lions 
all season. They're actually my best record against the spread. I've really only gone against them, I believe, three times, two of the times. Well, I, I, I sided with them twice when they lost. I sided against them twice when they won. I, I was a little biased with the Giants pick. But I love the Lions right here. When these teams played at the beginning of the season, the Lions were in control of the game. Then Amon Ross St. Brown went down with an injury. DeAndre Swift went down for an injury. And the Lions made a stupid call on fourth and one, if you remember, where they could have kicked a field goal, stretched the lead out, but they decided to go for it. They didn't get it. Minnesota marched down the field and was able to win. I think that the Lions are a better team of the two. Again, like Robert said, throw the records out on paper. I just don't think that the that the Vikings are going to have enough to keep up with the Lions. I know Justin Jefferson is the best receiver probably in the game right now, but the Lions just have so much more between Amon Ra, between DJ Chark, the duo of Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. And let's not overlook, Robert, how good the Lions defense has played the last few weeks. We can't just overlook that. They've actually stepped up a ton. Aiden Hutchinson's emerging as a bona fide star in this league. I love the Lions right here. How about you? I can't disagree with anything. So as diametrically opposed we were on the last game of Tampa and San Francisco, we are like side to side, like marching in exact sync order on this one. I I really feel that for as large a drop as we've seen in in, in San Francisco's number from, you know, Garoppolo down to Purdy, I just think that we're seeing – just immense growth in the Detroit Lions just right before our eyes. And you're right. Hutchinson's going to be incredible. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to be an absolute terror to deal with. Yep. Not only that, their offense is very well-rounded. They're super deep uh, and they're home. Yep. They're home. That being said, I have them literally identical in terms of, of power rank and, you know, give a little bit of a shade towards Detroit as the home. I think the number which was pick, uh, was definitely a little short. Uh, and if anything, we'll probably see, you know, I think, look, if, if the number ends up cracking to three, we'll see an ocean come in on the Minnesota Vikings. So I don't think we'll get there uh, come Sunday, but that two and a half is absolutely as solid as it gets. Uh, I think the Lions get the win here too. All right, let's move on to our rapid fire round. Those were the five games I wanted to center on. Let's start in our rapid fire round on tomorrow night's matchup. And we got the Raiders and the Rams. I'm so excited for this game. I hope everyone knows that's a sarcasm talking. <laughs> Robert, what are we looking at for the spread here? The team that shall not be named is a six point <laughs> favorite in Los Angeles with a total set to 44 and a half. So we don't know. I, I can't see Baker Mayfield starting this game tomorrow. Can you? You know what? Actually, there's a chance that they do. What are they, again? What do they have to lose right now? That's They're true. three and nine. If anything, they probably want to tank. Uh, I don't know if if Houston's gonna, you know, they're they're up to their own, you know, neck and in, in poop right now and in, in figuring out what they want to do with the rest of the season. It looks like they're gonna go back to Davis Mills. We'll touch on that in a little bit, but the the Rams have literally nothing to play for. They're as disabled as a franchise can be right now. They really should start to look at what backups they have, what kind of depth they have, and start to take a look and see if there's a future for them in 2023. I actually am going to go with the Rams on this one. I think that's way too more too many points. 
to lay with a Raiders team that really isn't good. I know they had a nice win against the Chargers. I know they beat the Seahawks in overtime two weeks ago. This is a short week. The Raiders are playing on as well as the Rams, but the Rams also did show a lot of fight against the Seahawks. Not yeah, the Seahawks on Sunday night. I think Sean McVay is still one of the best coaches in this league. I think Baker Mayfield, John Wolford, who Perkins, maybe whoever's playing for them. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. I think the Raiders will just find a way to screw up. I don't think the Rams are going to pull off the upset, but I think they will stay within the point spread. How about you, Robert? I agree with you as well. I don't think that the Rams are that, that worse off. Uh, and, and so because of that, you know, catching six at home uh, for a Thursday night game, I definitely think that's definitely in favor for anyone that's looking to wager on this one. All right, let's move on to the Ravens and the Steelers. No Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. Tyler Huntley is in the game. Steelers are putting together a nice win streak. They just recently defeated the Falcons. And, hey, hey, they, they might finish the season above 500. We'll see. Robert, what are we looking at here? Correct, right, yes. Uh, Pittsburgh here opened up two, uh, went to two and a half and three, where I think it hit the ceiling. So now it's two and a half in the total, 37, like you said, uh, Ravens have Huntley at uh, at quarterback now, and, and that was again another massive, massive drop in in terms of their rank uh, because of the quarterback change from uh, Lamar Jackson down to Huntley. Yeah, and I want nothing to do with the Ravens in this pick. I've been underrating the Steelers for weeks. I'm going to hop on the Steelers train this week. I think without Lamar Jackson that the Ravens, we saw last year what Tyler Huntley could do. They lost every game outright after Lamar Jackson went down with an injury and missed the playoffs. I don't think that they're going to be able to keep up with the Steelers here. Kenny Pickett is really looking good. He has some good rapport with George Pickens, with Deontay Johnson. I think the Steelers playing at home, I think this is an easy win for them. How about you, Robert? Yeah, I, 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 so don't immediately jump on it and say, ah, oh, I Eight and four Ravens, you know, it doesn't matter if they've got Huntley or no, it, it doesn't matter, folks. It matters a lot. Uh, and the Steelers are trending upwards. Now, you know, two and a half, you know, you're looking at a field goal wins, probably likely. Uh, this is a rare, rare instance where maybe they win no cover in, in a very close one. But not, I actually don't, I have to agree with you as well here, Ali. I think the Steelers probably, you know, get the win and the cover in an easy victory. All right, let's move on to the Browns and the Bengals. Robert, what are we looking at here? Yeah, Cincinnati is as as red hot a team right now in the NFL as there can be. We opened up the Bengals five, uh, bounced it way up to six and a half, and now it's now to six. The total's 47. We talked earlier in the episode how not to base off what happened last week. I know everyone is down on the Browns, even though they beat the Texans because they didn't have an offensive touchdown. And the Cincinnati Bengals is coming off a big emotional win against the Chiefs. In that case, I'm going to take the reaction side of it and say, I always love betting against team coming off their quote unquote Super Bowl win, because I just feel like they fall a little flat. They don't come out as hyped. And I think this is the case here for the Bengals. I still love the Bengals. It's still my favorite team in the AFC. I still am picking them to, to make the Super Bowl, but I think this game comes a little close. I think that the Bengals and the the Browns, they kind of stay close with each other. I think Deshaun Watson has a much better game. He was clearly rusty last week. It was still a ton of emotions for him playing in the Texans stadium where he's played pretty much his entire career before he came to the Browns. So I'm not 
advocating an upset at all, but I think the Browns will somehow find a way to get a backdoor cover in. I think that's just too many points to lay between a division opponent. Where, what side are you taking, Robert? I'm close to you as well here on the Bengals. Look, uh, you know, Watson definitely improves the Browns' offense without a doubt. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's a quantum leap, uh, but I, I don't think that the Bengals – so I, I think the six is a good number, right? Let's let's start off with that. Uh, at the same time, I, I don't see them, you know, suffering a loss here at home to Cleveland no matter what kind of offense the Browns have. Uh, so there's a, a small chance here at a win, no cover. Um, so for that reason alone, I, I back the Browns plus six. All right. Another one we agree on. Let's move on to an AFC South rivalry and that's the Jaguars and the Titans. Robert, what's the spread here? Yeah, we opened this one up four. uh, got some buyback on the Jaguars down to three and a half, but now with, uh, Trevor Lawrence questionable for the game. Tennessee's back up to a four. The total's 41. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to play. So I'm going to analyze the game with the notion that he is going to play. And I'm going to take the points with the Jaguars. I don't think the Titans are able of blowing anyone out. The Jaguars don't have a great defense, but they can score points on offense. I think that Trevor Lawrence, granted that he does play, I think he has a much better game than he had last week against the Lions. They're actually going to be able to keep up with the Titans because the Titans don't put points on the board like the Lions do. I'm going to take the points with the underdog here, Robert. How about you? And even though Tannehill's back, he just doesn't seem like he just has that oomph behind yeah. him. Uh, and, you know, obviously we we know that there's they're, they're nowhere near as explosive as they were last year. You know, A.J. Brown's, you know, has a new address in Philly. And the backup – uh, at wide receiver one and, and in general, I just don't think that they have as good a distribution in, in, in their offense as they had in the past. Really a question comes down to is what kind of Derrick Henry we're going to get. Uh, and if he's going to have another blow up kind of a day, he'll probably lead Tennessee to a cover. Um, but that's really the question. Yeah, you're right. I'm not too concerned about whether or not Lawrence plays or not. I'll handicap it with him active as well. Uh, so I think that, you know, I think a field goal victory is probably what's more likely with an outside chance of a Jacksonville win. Uh, so I'll take the points here, too. Yes. And let's not forget Jacksonville. Still, they have an outside shot of winning that division. So they're not going to lay down for this one. No. Let's move on to the Chiefs and the Broncos, Robert. What's the spread here? Yeah, Kansas City here coming off of uh you know, quite the matchup that they just had. Now they get a, a little bit of an easier one here playing in Denver. Uh, we opened this one up, Kansas City 10, uh, got buyback in a real hurry. So it got bet down to nine. Uh, today we are at Kansas City nine and a half. The total is 43. So, yes, you're right. They do have an easier matchup with the Broncos in terms of the Broncos offense, much easier. But the Broncos, you can't deny they still have a top defense in the league. They they still, throughout all of this, have been playing so well. Kansas City does not have a good defense, and I will give the Broncos a little bit of credit here that they might be able to exploit it. Also, Kansas City really doesn't blow out opponents that much, that frequently. I know it's a lot, it's a big number. I know the Broncos are terrible, at least on offense, but it's just too much for me to lay for to lay for a, a, a visiting team. So I'm going to hold my breath and take the the points with the home underdog here. How about you, Robert? 
share that gas tank with me then because I'm going to hold my breath too. I think that it doesn't get to double digits, right? That's kind of what I'm banking yeah. on. I think Denver's defense still holds true. And for that alone, knowing Kansas City's kind of susceptible to giving up a, you know, a, a couple of points here or there, I think this is maybe the Russell Wilson game where we get 13 or maybe 16 <laughs> points instead of nine. Oh man! Right, but this is kind of the way I'm 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 forecasting this one, so I'll be glad to take the nine and a half points. Can you imagine 14 weeks ago, like week one, if we were talking about maybe Russell Wilson will get the offense 13 points this week? Like that that's ridiculous. The Broncos. so insane, and and again, I I I want to go ahead and just give every accolade to Seattle and their entire administrative team, realizing that you know what, this is actually Russell Wilson's fault. We got to get him out of here. Uh, props to them if there was a gm of the year award it goes <laughs> let's move on to the panthers and the seahawks baker mayfield no longer with the panthers so we should see sam darnold going up against geno smith and the seahawks what are we looking at here robert yeah seattle opened up as a five-point favorite and it just keeps getting bet down uh they're only three and a half now better than carolina the total is 44 and a half I actually like Carolina to win outright in this scenario. I think Carolina is a much better team without Baker Mayfield. I think Sam Darnold is coming around. He's not a terrible quarterback. I think both him and PJ Walker make the Panthers better. They seem to have really good rapport with DJ Moore. The running game besides Hubbard is still, even though it's not Christian McCaffrey level churning, it's still churning. I think the Seahawks have been taking a slide a lot lately you look they barely beat the rams last week they lost to the raiders the week before before the bye week they lost to the bucks i think the seahawks are coming down to earth i think there's some question marks on the defense kenneth walker really hasn't played that great lately so you're gonna have to rely on geno smith again and the panthers actually do have an underrated defensive unit so i'm gonna go with the panthers here robert how about you if i have to make a decision today it's going to be on seattle I know that, you know, we saw Kenneth Walker leave the last game when he sprained his ankle, uh, you know, but that was days ago, I think, with the proper rest. Um, yeah, and the same can be said for Dante Foreman. I think he'll probably be good to go with his foot injury right. for Carolina. Uh, but I will – this is, to me, this is a Sam Darnold versus Geno Smith matchup. Uh, give me the home team here. I think uh, we'll see uh, Seattle – win this one um, definitely uh, cover and definitely win by maybe uh, seven or nine points all right let's move on to the monday night game and we have the patriots and the cardinals robert what are we looking at here what happened to arizona there was so much hope for this team and well in fairness we both said it was going to be a shit show at the beginning of the <laughs> we were yeah, spot on for that we are now four and eight and it's just sadness right now we've got New England open as a one-point favorite on the road. They're now one and a half, so it's climbing away from Arizona even here. So Patriots, one and a half, total 44 and a half. Yeah, this, this is a tough one for me. I really was going back and forth of who's the better of the two, and I really couldn't make up my mind. But then I thought, hey, you know what? The Cardinals are coming off a bye. They still have Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray can do pretty can do wonders with his legs. The Patriots actually struggle against mobile quarterbacks. We saw them struggle against Josh Allen last Thursday night. We saw them struggle against just Justin Fields a few Monday night games ago. So I'm going to take the home team and the Cardinals here, Robert. How about you? 
I'm going to jump in along with you. They can't keep losing, especially at home here. Uh, give me Arizona here, you know, especially now that it's one and a half. I think this is kind of a pick em game as it sits. So I'll, uh, I'll take the point and a half here with Arizona as well. Let me ask you this too. Do, do the schedulers still think Tom Brady's on the Patriots? This is the third straight primetime game the Patriots are playing, and they played in other primetime games this year. What's going yeah, on with the Patriots being in primetime? We got we to stop this. Can we just go ahead, just you and I, let's just, you know, let's let them know exactly who we need to put on Monday night and Sunday night going forward. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see a Patriots <laughs> a, a Cardinals matchup. The 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 Miami Dolphins and Chargers matchup should be Monday night. I know they're the Sunday night, but still, I, I don't get who makes the schedule and who, I guess if you're in the preseason, you think the Patriots are were a playoff team, the Cardinals were a playoff team, might be good, but I don't know who does the schedule. Well, that is our ep- that is our episode for today. I want to thank Robert as always for joining. This is always a fun episode. We had mostly agreements on our picks, a few disagreements, especially on the Bucks and Niners. I can't wait to talk about that one on Monday and watch it on Sunday as well. So before we sign off, Robert, any last thoughts for the audience? You know, actually, I, I don't talk much about uh, technique and, and and the actual business behind you know, making wagers, you know, we, we touched on it a little bit here or there, but I think I want to just spend like another minute or so yeah, just absolutely. talking about uh, well teasers, right? So a, a very popular, of course, everyone knows, you know, parlaying is, is something that's, you know, tried and true and everyone parlays together and we see all over, you know, gambling Twitter and it's, it's just nonstop showing how huge parlays come in and, you know, one dog after another on the money line come in. But the one thing that I do want to ensure is that if we're following along and we're, we, we we're curious about how to set a correct teaser, you know, know that the key numbers still to this day, the, the sevens, the tens, and the threes, um, make sure that if you're doing a teaser, uh, number one, you're, you're, you're doing it so that you're crossing uh, a favorite past the key number of seven or past the key number of three. Yes. Right. For example, uh, you know, if there's a, a nine, let's just take a game right now, for example. Um, Buffalo, yeah. perfect. Let's do yeah, yeah. Kansas City, even better. Kansas City's nine and a half at Denver. And if you're looking to tease it, you typically your books are offering six, six and a half and seven point teasers. Go ahead and, and buy the extra 10 cents and make sure that you do cross it. Don't land on a three. Definitely don't tease it down to three and a half on a six pointer get past the three and go down to two and a half. And then obviously you want to pair it up with another similar type of a bet. Uh, like let's just say Buffalo, right? So Buffalo's nine and a half. So there you go. Uh, two seven point teaser, uh, a two team seven point teaser, bringing Buffalo down to two and a half and Kansas city down to two and a half. Not that I'm saying that that's going to win. I'm just using this as an example here, you know, in this little template. Uh, if you're doing the teasers, stick to two teamers. And, and make sure you cross the key numbers of sevens and threes. Very well said, Robert. I will say I am not a fan of teasers. I very rarely, if ever, place teasers. I'd rather just rely on the spreads. Maybe now and then I'll dip into some alternative spreads on a single game. But teasers are hard. Teasers are really hard. I know some people think getting extra points might make it easier, but it's not. Nothing about betting is easy. I hope everyone just remembers that. If betting is easy, then even the best better, I believe, only wins about 52, 53% of their bets. So just keep that in mind. Even the best betters barely win at a 50% rate. 
All right, everyone. I want to thank you all for joining. This is always fun. We hope we give you plenty of insight. And Robert and I will be back on Monday to recap probably another wild and crazy NFL weekend. Real quick, Robert, before we sign off, who do you like in the Army and Navy game? Oh, uh, that's easy. Uh, under the total. Yes. <laughs> under yes. the total. It just constantly just keeps going under and under. I don't know if you'll find any more 33s out there. That's mostly 32 and a half. Uh, I, I still think it goes under the 32 and a half. So as long as you find a 31 and a half, uh, be uh, glad to jump in all over there and, and just watch a whole bunch of, of, of dust and dirt flying everywhere and no end zones. <laughs> yes, I always advocate the under for that game. Very well said. <laughs> My grandfather served in the Navy in World War II, so I do always root for Navy just for that. But I definitely, I, I don't see both teams breaking double digits at all. Well, everyone, thanks for joining and have a great day. Take care.